Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. Now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Welcome back, everyone, to another incredible episode of Market Impact Insights. And today, we're going to focus on the human factor. And that is in the midst of the pandemic, it's been such a disruptive year for so many businesses, processes that have had to be reimagined, uh, a lot of effort being put into just basic growth strategies to survive and continue to thrive through highly disruptive marketplaces. But at the end of the day, every successful organization, common element is great people, great culture. And there are many organizations that are really doubling down on focusing more on their people, even during these disruptive times. And we're going to explore some of those strategies, why it's important to continue to invest in developing people inside of organizations. And we're going to talk to someone who knows all about developing people, and that's Carrie Smith. Carrie is a strategic global leader who is an expert in managing a full range of human resources and organizational development strategies. She's focused on activities designed to optimize employee engagement and increase overall business results. Carrie cert- certain, currently serves as the chief people development leader at Dowell. Dowell is a professional services firm skilled in planning, surveying, and engineering, as well as other support services. Now, Carrie started with Dowell earlier this year, so right in the midst of these crazy times, and she's retained a a focus on supporting their strategic plan as it relates to people and culture through employee training and career development. Prior to Dowell, Carrie has held senior human resources positions at several leading companies, including B-Square, Precore, Intermec, that was acquired by Honeywell, The Washington Post, and PACR. So Carrie obviously knows a lot about people. I've worked with Carrie in the past. She's passionate and very creative and innovative, so can't wait to jump into the conversation. Carrie, hello, and welcome to Market Impact Insights. Well, hello, Dan. Thank you for asking me to join you. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. You know, Carrie, and just looking at your professional history, so much of your career has been focused on helping employees professionally develop and reach their full potential. I'm curious what motivated you to pursue that as a career path. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting story. I kind of fell into human resources and employee development. I went to college to be a high school history teacher and had this wonderful experience to work in the airline industry. And while I was working in the airline industry and customer service, they asked me if I wanted to be a frontline facilitator. They were um, implementing a global customer service program to help us improve our customer service and asked me if I wanted to be a frontline facilitator. And I said, 
why not? Um, and so for about a year, I really was able to learn about the world of employee development, training, and was able to travel the world, help other employees just like me, uh, provide best, better customer service to our employees. And it was a really great experience. And from there, I leaned into uh, leadership development. They had a leadership development group and just really expanded my career in how can we help focus employees on their career growth, their strengths. You know, I always like to tie it back to I wanted to be a high school history teacher. I ended up in human resources. They both start with an H. So I don't know. Um, but I will say my studies around history have always been related to the study of leaders, uh, leaders in countries, leaders during rev revolutions, leaders who are changing and adapting. And so I think that kind of leans over to my passion around how do we adapt as an organization? How do leaders adapt? How do employees adapt? Um, but kind of fell into it more than anything, um, but always did want to be a, a teacher and help people learn. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. And you know, the fact that the airline industry was really your gateway into this new people development path is interesting because you, I think we all relate. Uh, we've uh, all of us have been touched or experienced that uh, flying experience and, and it's such a competitive space. And uh, and it's just fraught with, with uh, so much uh, sensitivity around the customer experience. So I, I've got to believe that that was a great starting point for you, a great foundation. Yeah, absolutely. So this year, I don't need to tell you, has certainly been like no other for all of us. And in the midst of all that, Carrie, you start a new senior leadership position. Uh, and you start at a time where working virtually versus physically together is the norm. So what was going through that recruiting process as you were a candidate for that role? And then your onboarding experience during all of this craziness, what was that like? Boy, I, yeah, talk about crazy. Crazy is a good word, um, but interesting and a great learning opportunity for me. So I started partnering with an executive recruiter in February. She had the opportunity with Dowell and we began the interview process. And so as we progressed through the interview process, so did the pandemic. Um, so very, very interesting. I was able to interview in person in February. And by the time March rolled around and we were concluding our interview process, I was interviewing virtually. Um, I interviewed with our chief people officer and our chief operations officer and our chief financial officer, all virtual, um, and, and have yet to meet some of those people. Um, so it definitely was an interesting experience as far as really learning to communicate better um, over the phone, over Skype, over, you know, Zoom, depending on what, what process we were using. And then the onboarding process was interesting too, because by then we were smack in the pandemic. Uh, working from home was a requirement, no longer an option. And I was onboarded in early June and boy, talk about IT, their IT team, our IT team managed to just do it so well. Uh, they shipped massive boxes to me, computers, screens, systems that I needed. And thank goodness I have a Gen Z son at home right now uh, because he said, oh, don't worry about it, mom. I'll get you all up. <laughs> um, but then as far as the onboarding process, they have a great onboarding process, um, but they did have to obviously enhance it because it was virtual. And I will say 
you know, I like being in person. I like meeting people in person, seeing their faces, seeing their body language. And really because of the pandemic, I was denied that opportunity. Um, so it made me think about how to interact with my colleagues differently. And it gave me the opportunity to be a little bit more planful about the interactions. Um, so there was a lot of good in it, um, a lot of, um, you know, preferences I would have preferred to onboard differently. We're in nine states in the, in the United States, all on the West Coast. The CEO and I had a plan way back in March of he and I traveling to all of the nine states, meeting the employees, seeing what the projects that we work on. And I have yet to do that. In fact, if I think about the amount of people I've met in person uh, when we have been in the office, it's probably eight or 10 out of an organization of 450 employees. So very interesting experience. Yeah. And the fact that you as a candidate, went through that experience. I'm, I got to believe that the learning you gained there really made a difference in, in how you applied that to your new role, right? So I think you probably took that learning and, and made use of it pretty quickly. Absolutely. And even talking with our own internal recruiters now about uh, let's make sure that our online interviews are going effectively. The candidate feels comfortable. Um, if they want to come in and see the office, although many of us are working from home still, let's allow them to do so safely. Um, just different ways of thinking about the entire recruiting process and onboarding for that matter. Yes. Right. And also in your role, you are partnering very closely with other functional business leaders and as they're thinking about their strategic development plans. So what have you seen as you look at the other leaders in terms of how their leadership approaches have evolved through this crisis, given that they have remote teams, it's spread across nine states, but what, what have you seen? You know, I think the biggest thing that I've seen is their ability, uh, desire, and understanding that they need to be flexible and adaptable as a leader, and that they need to have empathy with their team members as well. So, you know, some of our teams are mostly virtual. Some are coming to the office when we can do so. Uh, but it's a mix, and it's a true hybrid. So it's been a really interesting process to see our leaders lean in and uh, really be empathetic to the employees and allow them the flexibility and adaptability and to have ongoing conversations and really checking in with their team members on a regular basis. Um, it's challenging. It's challenging right now to be a leader in this environment and ensure that your entire team uh, is engaged and focused. But I will say at Dowell, we've really seen an increase in our employees' utilization, meaning you know, on, on work projects. Um, so they're doing a great job, but it is, it is certainly um, a time for growth for leaders and, and stretching them and helping them be even more effective leaders. Are there some specific tools that those leaders have leaned on to help them uh, navigate through uh, these really challenging times? You know, one tool that we implemented, I've been at Dell now for about six months, and one tool that we implemented, they were in the process of doing this as I joined. And uh, as I joined, I said, well, that's a great idea. Let's lean into that idea. Let's make that happen. Uh, so we actually um, created a very formal process around what we call check-ins. So be besides their performance management framework of performance reviews, goal setting, et cetera, um, they actually formalized a check-in process where twice a year, we will, as managers and leaders, be checking in with our employees. It's a quick process. Um, we do have a system that we use, UltiPro um, or UKG Pro now because they just changed their name. But it's a simple process where we ask them two questions. 
how are you doing? How are things going at work? And then we ask a secondary question around employee engagement, just to ensure that our employees are engaged. Um, and so it's a great opportunity for our managers and our employees to know that there is a check-in, uh, it is formal, it is tracked, and to really talk about what they need now and what some of their development and goal opportunities are in the future. So we formalized a check-in process, and then we've been providing tips and, and different strategies as far as connecting with our employees and um, working through goal setting as we're starting to move into 2021 as well. Yeah, that is so important to have that cadence of the check-in, the engagement, you know, especially when everyone's virtual, uh, but committing to that. A great example. Thanks for sharing that. And speaking of employees, let's shift over and and look at it from, from your employees' perspective. And you know, especially if you've got a large Gen Z employee population, what are some of the biggest challenges you're seeing the employees endure? You know, from a Gen Z perspective, it's so interesting. I myself have two Gen Z children at home right now, or young adults, um, and they're both doing online school. My daughter's a senior in high school, and my son is a junior in college. Um, so just seeing them kind of work through the pandemic and what that means from an online school perspective when they would prefer to be in person. But then if you think about our Gen Z employees who are joining the workplace, what an interesting time. I mean, I shared with you some of my onboarding experience, but can you imagine being a new employee to a new organization, your very first job? professional job and trying to understand the business virtually rather than in the office or being in the office for a month or so and then be required to go back home and work from home. So it's a really interesting process. Um, one thing that I tell people to keep in mind with Gen Z, Gen Z has a very interesting history. Um, when they were born and came into the world, Many of our oldest Gen Z uh, were born into a world where the United States had never been attacked by terrorists on its own soil. But soon after they joined our world, um, it became a very unsafe place where it used to be a very safe place. Um, and so they have seen terrorist attack on the United States soil. This generation of all generations has seen the most school violence that has ever occurred in mm -hmm. the United States. Yep. Um, in fact, when my son was a freshman, uh, the the neighbor high school uh, to our high school had the um, deadliest shooting in the United States. And so for Gen Z, their world is not as safe as what we all used to know when we grew up. And so safety, uh, well-being, and, and really that psychological safety is really important to them. And here we are in a pandemic, uh, a very scary situation. Many people are dying and suffering and they're having to enter a workplace and use their new skills that they learned from college and, and adapt. And the thing about Gen Z, though, they are very adaptable, very flexible. Thankfully, they're digital natives. So some of this technology aspects yeah. is, is really not a problem. Um, but again, moving into a workplace and having to learn new technology that's specific to their jobs can be a challenge, especially if you are you know, working virtually or working remote. Yeah, that that really interesting when we think about that sense of of what safety really is, and across that generation, and then we come into this year and a whole nother wave of um, dealing with the sense of um, safety and protection and what that means. Um, it's it's huge, and I mentioned at the top of the podcast that successful organizations usually have that strong. Uh, sense of identity of of culture, 
And I'm curious, Carrie, what do you think the role uh, that culture plays in all this? Are there some dimensions uh, culturally that have been particularly important? I think so. I think, for example, within Dowell, I mean, they have a very strong culture. They have a strong leadership team. Uh, I think when employees join Dowell and as they continue to develop their career at Dowell, they really understand that our culture is around integrity. It's around innovation, helping our clients be successful in their projects. Um, It's around inspiration and creating new aspects within the organization, outside of the organization. Um, I think culture is just a key component of really providing the glue for our employees and helping understand that. Teamwork and collaboration is a huge value of DAOs as well. And so this concept of in the office, out of the office, are we hybrid? Um, How do we work the work model in the future? It'll be really interesting to see what occurs. But I think it is that all those strong cultural components that have held the organization together, helped our leaders lead strongly and help our employees be strong employees with our clients and as they work on their projects. Um, We had an interesting aspect that occurred at Dow recently, and that was because of all the social unrest and the things that were occurring in the world, um, we really felt like we wanted to enhance our focus on diversity, equity, and uh, inclusion. Mm-hmm. And so we created a uh, working group at Dowell, and we've really been focused on uh, additional steps of helping us internally and externally meet some of those needs. And Dowell has three eyes: uh, integrity, innovation, and inspiration that we really kind of evolve our culture around. But because of this new initiative and because of our focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion, we added a fourth eye, and it is inclusion. Uh-huh. Um, and so it just really makes me um, proud of the organization recognizing that we need to be inclusive as an organization and we need to help um, be more inclusive in the projects that we design for our clients as well. So, yeah, culture is key. It's very, very important. Yeah. And you brought up a great example of specific actions, right, to to uh, reinforce that culture and and to make it relevant and real and engage the employees because um, what I've found in, in you and I've worked in many different organizations, it's one thing to have a statement of vision and it's one thing to have a statement of culture, but then what becomes real for the employee is really the committed reinforcing actions, right? That the organization takes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. They have an award called um, I3 and they, um, allow our employees to vote on who best represents the three eyes of integrity, innovation, and inspiration. So I have a feeling uh, next year it'll be changing to the I4 award. So yeah, again, kind of reinforcing the, uh, the quality and the aspects of those values. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the big elements of your focus in developing people has been training over the years. And Obviously, all of us are operating in more of a virtual mode now. I'm curious, what's your view of online training versus the more traditional face-to-face approaches? How, how do you see that impacting people development today or even in the future? I think online learning has come a long way from many years ago. I think online companies have really um, upped their game and how they produce their learning and the focus on the learner. Uh, Online learning tend to be 
they're tending to be shorter, more focused, um, more engaging, and I think that's exciting to see. Um, having been an in-house facilitator for many years, I am, you know, emotionally attached to the face-to-face yeah. learning in that aspect. I really enjoy that, and I think people get great benefit of being in that face-to-face opportunity. But I will say, um, just over the last few months, we've been doing virtual learning, uh, virtual engagement sessions, and there's an opportunity to continue to learn and grow via online learning. Um, quite a few years ago, when online learning and getting your master's degree online was uh, fairly new still, I went back to school and earn my master's and I was a working mom with two small children and wow. managed to earn my master's in leadership which I honestly must say I think it helped me grow my career helped me put me in better positions with my education to uh, serve leadership teams and I think online learning and getting even online degrees I think it's providing a more equitable opportunity for people to show up in the workplace if they decide that um improving their knowledge and education is important. So I'm a big fan of online learning, and I think we will see more of it. And I think we will start to demand that when we participate in it, that it's top-notch and that it's engaging and that people walk away and actually have learned something from it. But again, just like this work from home, work from the office, I think it'll be a hybrid. I think it's important to have both. And that face-to-face is still an important aspect of learning. Yeah, it's interesting uh, because throughout this pandemic, I've talked to to several leaders and I've seen some examples where in some cases, this has been an opportunity for people to take a step back from their traditional schedules and actually free up time to pursue personal learning opportunities. So it's almost been a stimulant for people to pursue it. And now that there's so many other uh, options available, that helps, right? Yes, absolutely. There's some great opportunities out there. Now, you and I are both parents, and one of the aspects of this year uh, is that households all over the world, there, there's a lot of stress that employees uh, that have families uh, living in the same space, they're, they're trying to juggle their professional and those parental responsibilities, the lines of blurred, and let alone finding time for their own self-care. Uh, what are you seeing in terms of the employees that, that you're working with? And are there some things that are helping provide the most relief to that stress and that challenge? It is such a challenging time for parents. Um, boy, I mean, my children are older and self-sufficient. But for those parents that have young children at home, I think we've all come to a much better appreciation for school teachers. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, their ability to help us out, right? Um, I think for employees in the workplace and those that have children who are experiencing online school and really don't have any other choices, it is difficult. Um, there are, you know, our employees, for example, have said that they really appreciate and value the flexibility and adaptability that we are encouraging right now. And we've asked them, you know, what are some things that could help? What are some things that we could do? And some of them were simple things like, hey, please understand and, and please, I'm sorry if my child is crying in the background. Or, you know, simple things like, of course, no problem. We understand that. Just put yourself on mute, right? No problem. Um, or please try not to schedule um, important meetings around the lunch hour because that's typically my busiest time with my children trying to get them lunch trying to get them on their next afternoon session of school Um, so there was a couple really good tips that we um, gained from our working parents right away and then because of our diversity equity and uh, inclusion initiative 
we also have started to create employee resource groups. And the very first employee resource group that we launched was our working parents and caregivers group. And that was because there was such energy mm -hmm. and need around it. And our working parents volunteered. Um, we've got about 50% men, 50% women working parents saying, I want to help launch this committee and I want to help make a difference in our working parents' lives here at Dowell. And that group has just been going off um, like firecrackers. I mean, they've just been doing a great job of providing coffee chats, virtual meetings. Um, we had a mental health professional um, have a virtual meeting with all of our working parents and caregivers talking about self-care, um, how to interact with their children on a positive basis. So lots of good things and lots of tactics that I've seen this working group and our leaders um, adapt as well. But flexibility, adaptability, and then empathy. I think sometimes in this virtual world, we're forgetting to just have that quick five-minute chat up front of how are you doing? How's it going? Anything I can do to help? Okay, let's continue on with our, our focused meeting. Um, but again, empathy, adaptability, flexibility, I think those are key in helping our working parents. Yeah, it's really been truly amazing to see how some of the traditional walls of formality have kind of come down a bit. And not to say that people aren't as focused as ever about being productive in, in those virtual interactions, but I think the the removal of some of the traditional formality has has been have a calming effect. The fact that you know you can hear the dogs barking in the background, um, or uh, you know hear just the noise of families. Right, it's real life, and it feels like people are connecting more uh, around the fact that they can kind of let that let their guard down, let that let those walls down a little bit. It is. It's. Um... It's kind of fun sometimes. Every now and then I enjoy seeing the cat walk across the laptop or <laughs> somebody's child pop in and wave and, you know, make a, a funny, funny face behind their parent. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun. And to your point, it, it can be very personal. Um, and you're getting to know your employees and a, a, your coworkers in a much different way. So um, it's added a, a, a uniqueness, a different layer of uniqueness. And then even for me personally, you know, my husband's downstairs working right now and it's given me a better appreciation of what he does too. Um, I've yeah. learned a lot more about what he does and I have a new respect for his role and the important role that he plays. So it's, it's um, lots of learning opportunities that have occurred during this pandemic. That's for sure. No doubt. And despite all the disruption this year, certainly there are some positives uh, as we look towards the future coming out of this experience. For you, Carrie, what makes you optimistic about the future? You know, we've talked about the fact that we have learned so much during the pandemic. And I think one of the things that we've learned is how important relationships are. And in the personal world and in our professional world, that creating relationships, establishing those long-term relationships is so important. And I feel positive about what we're learning and how we can continue to learn as organizations. I think learning and growth will continue to be a forefront, at the forefront. And I think our working world will be a little bit different when we come out of here. I think we will have a better appreciation of can we at times uh, be effective when we're not at the office? Indeed, when we're in the office, do we have more a focus on being collaborative rather than being solo in our offices or in our cubicles? So I think there's lots of different opportunities for us to um, 
take away some of the challenges that we've learned from the pandemic and then place it and look at the future and think about it in a positive way. Certainly, I'm looking forward to when we have those vaccines and a time when we all feel safe and healthy and able to go out into the world without a mask on. I'm afraid I'm not going to recognize any of my, any of my coworkers anymore uh, because I've only met them with their mask on. <laughs> so <laughs> interesting times, but I, th- I think there's, I think there's hope. Um, and I think we're learning a lot as we go through this. Yeah. You know, the word that comes to mind when you were talking about relationships is authenticity, right? Uh, authentic relationships. Yeah, that's so important. Um, creating those relationships, maintaining those relationships, and then helping each other along the way, being there for one another, whether it's personal, professional, and just knowing that we will get through this and we'll be stronger and um, continue to grow and to learn. Well, Carrie, thanks so much for joining and sharing your experience, your perspective, and your inspirational view as we move forward out of uh, what's been a really, really challenging year. Thanks again. Thank you, Dan. It was my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. And I want to remind everyone, if you like this podcast, please go out and make sure to rate and review. It's really easy to do. Go out on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback is much appreciated. And as always, make sure to visit marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.